drive from Whitesboro? I'm stuck those raccoons. Six four now, Balmain over Manly. Less than sixty seconds on the clock. And it's Tuvi making a break 45 metres out from his own line. Three lengths away is Cliffy Lyons on the inside of Jerry Hill. Danny Moore outside him. Ellsgood counted three wide. A gap then to Matthew Ridge coming up on the outside of Cunningham. Mark Carroll Menzies in the familiar blinkers is getting between players. And oh, there's been a fall. Robertson's down. But as they come to the 20 metre line now, still it's young Tuvi who leads the way. He's a length and a half clear of Cliffy Lyons. Jerry Hill on his inside. Danny Moore coming up to make a line of three. A gap then to Menzies. A length further back to Gunningham. Matthew Ridge and Elskut a length further back. And you can begin the left as they near the line now. And still it's young Tuvi. This plucky little goal from the Bobby Fulton stable. Tuvi, they're not going to catch him. Tuvi doing his best work in the shadows of the posts. He'll go on to score handsomely for Manly. And they'll win. Photo for second, possibly Balmain. G'day everybody, it's not the footage show, episode 142. It's Warwick Eagles here in the coast, the coast seat, the host seat. And I have DC Chapman, he is alive, he is existing... He's here. How you doing, mate? I'm, I am still alive, Lee Glovers. I'm, uh, I'm very upset that I haven't been able to to join in the festivities of, of late, but um, yeah, I, I am I am available now, so we're doing it. What the hell am I looking at? When does this happen in the movie? Now. You're looking at now, sir. Everything that happens now is happening now. What happened to then? We passed then. When? Just now. We're at now now. Go back to then. When? Now. Now? Now. I can't. Why? We missed it. When? Just now. When will then be now? Soon. He's got 12% battery, so it could be a short little uh, chat here on Not The Footy Show. Everybody, we're going to talk it about that. last the distance. <laughs> we're going to talk about that preliminary finals results. Obviously, the grand final is the Manly Seagulls up against the Sydney Roosters. Uh, I just spent today at the Manly Media Day, and I've got a bunch of content. We're just going to just have podcasts and go-go for the rest of the week with chats with about seven or eight Manly players. It's going to be great. I've got a one-on-one with James Maloney as well. That's not in this podcast, though. It's just me and Dave and a couple of the audio uh, trackbacks from the two preliminary finals. So we'll talk about them after the break here at Not The Footy Show. I'm, I'm a lawyer. Not The Footy Show. This will be devastating for South Sydney fans, a number of whom have already left the ground here. There's thousands of them in there in the grandstand. It's fairly sparse at the moment. Tough night for those two men. Well, they're not easy to win, Tina, are they, Premierships? I mean, you only get so many chances in your lifetime. You've got to take advantage, and South Sydney have been to this game two years in a row now. Manly then are under two minutes away from their 19th appearance in a grand final. Play the winner tomorrow night's second preliminary final, Roosters and Newcastle. It's been a 24-0 second half to the Manly side. Four tries, four goals. Zippo to the Rabbitoh. Restarts the tackle count by some Goodwin. 
Leader from the corner post. Five tries to nil. Here's Luke getting it away and still going for Sam. He got it away for Greg and now it's gone on for the birthday boy to score. There's no smile. Dylan Walker scores. Jeff Tooby. Did I see a smile on his face? Try. Have a try. Just take a possible knock on back there, please. So, Manly, no matter what, as I just said, they've entered their 19th grand final. Grand finals, they bring to the only club to have been to a grand final each decade for the last seven decades. Was there a knock-on? I Let, don't let's, think so. Let's just have a quick look at this. It's, I don't think South Sydney are that concerned whether it's awarded or not. It's a, all it makes a difference too is the scoreline. Chris McQueen has hung on to that. He hasn't lost it into the manly defender, so it is play on. Put the green light up, have a quick kick, and, and celebrate manly going into this year's grand final. Commiserate with a, a wonderful season for South Sydney, but just not finishing in the manner they were hoping for. So the tries are given to young Walker, 19 years of age today, and that is a typical face of a South Sydney player, and I guess every South Sydney fan John, around Australia and the world. They're declining the kick here, are they? The referee's just asking whether they want to take the conversion or not. That guy's at Luke is going over. So we'll tip this after the siren has sounded. Michael Maguire has already pointed out how disappointing this day has been. Never mind about the football. Isaac is going to take the kick. Well, 30 points to AD, it, it, it could be of great interest to a few of the punters out there. Keeping in mind, is it 13 and a half? And there's the kick, and I think he's got it. He has. So the final scoreboard, Seagulls 30, Rabbitohs 20, 30 plays 20, Andrew Johns. Okay, Dave, Friday night, South Sydney, 14 nil after 14 minutes. What were you thinking? Well, I was thinking the same as what everyone else was thinking. I was, you know, and I'd been calling all week as well. I'd been saying, you know, the same as what everyone else was saying, that South, uh, that Manly looked almost out and against Sharks and that Man, uh, South had had a week off and, that, you know, their forwards were going to steamroll them and they'd have no chance and that's what was happening and then someone flipped a switch. Yeah. I, I mean, did I miss something? Was there some sort of tactic? No, that, I, I honestly... That, um, 
My uh, housemate made a very good uh, point, and it's something we've been discussing all year. I don't understand yeah. when a team does a play that completely unlocks the defensive line or the defensive section of another team, and they score a try. And then for the next 75, 80 minutes or 60 minutes or whatever, they never try that same play again. South Sydney scored that try through Nathan Merritt, yeah. and then they didn't try and expose the, Ed, uh, the Jamie Lyon edge the rest of the night. And they didn't try and run the ball. They, they kept on putting up bombs yep. that landed 20 metres short. And Manly, I reckon, I reckon, and it was talked about after the game, I think Matt Ballin was interviewed, and he just said, look, we got to the sticks down 14-0, and we just said, all right, boys, we've been here before. We know what the deal is. If we just stick in, don't let them score again, basically, we can come back from this. This isn't, this isn't 30-0. It's 14-0. And obviously, Brett Stewart scores that try, which I don't think a lot of fullbacks score. A lot of players score on that kick from his brother. Gets it back to 14-6. And then the second that, half... That was very nice. That was, it was a great try. I mean, everyone, I don't think everyone's quite got the grasp of how good a put-down that was. And then oh, yeah. the second half begins, and I've been calling it for the, on Twitter before the game and, and for a while now about South Sydney's halves. John Sutton and Adam Reynolds needed to step up when, when the team needed them. And they, they had a 14-6 lead. And but then Manly, they, they've then, been doing it all year. Yep, Manly they came out. been good. Manly came out after half-time, and their game plan was in behind the play the ball. They just kept running big men in behind the play the ball. And South Sydney, all of a sudden, were rattled. Before you know it, the score was 18 points to 14. And the game is slipping away from South. But then there was a, there was a couple of sets, I think with about 20 minutes to go or 25 minutes to go. There's still plenty of minutes left in the match. And there were two yeah. sets of six that South Sydney had on um, Manly's line. And I think the unofficial count is Adam Reynolds touched the ball once. And that was for the fifth tackle in that first set of six. And I'm sorry if I have a halfback in my team and he is my chief playmaker, he is my difference maker, he cannot touch the ball once in two sets of six, which is what happened with Adam Reynolds. And people were arguing that Isaac Luke took control too much. Well, I'm sorry, my halfback has to take control. Especially when he's been a gun all season. Yep. He's been an absolute gun all season. and it was, I, But none of them stood up. And they all, they all, it was almost like I was watching New South Wales. They all just stood there and were in defence and waited for Manly to come to them, 10 metres every time. They just didn't, they just didn't, they, it was like they, I don't know, they all of a sudden thought they were St George or something. It was ridiculous. <laughs> but then we saw Jamie Lyons score a try. David Williams had one of the most amazing put-downs you've ever seen. Yeah, that was good. That was fantastic. Tom Simon scores from a charge down. The game's over. Manly scored 30 unanswered points in this game. To end up leading 30 points to 14, and there was like about five seconds left when Dylan Walker scored that try uh, right at the end. Yeah. But the, the, the thing that really struck yeah. me about the win was that Manly scored five tries. Now, Souths aren't a bad defensive team as much as you... No. you know, But Manly just did it easy. And, and the biggest point that everyone has to look at is, we all said it, Manly were going to be tired coming into this game. And I, I, put, I, I put it this way. If... If South Sydney don't score 14 points in the first 14 minutes and the score is like 6-0 after half an hour or 6-2 or something like that going into the break, maybe the physical toll is a bigger factor on Manly than being down 14-0. I know it might sound stupid saying that you... No, I hear what you're saying. There's the whole adrenaline... There wasn't, South Sydney had got into the game and they had their lead and it was like, yeah. And, and as you pointed out as well, and a lot of people have, they sort of didn't try and grind um, Manly into the dust, which is what you would do against a tired team. And I just, Those forwards yeah. should have just rolled over the top of Manly all night long. Why they didn't do it is beyond me. Well, they started David Tyrrell and Luke Burgess. Well, due respect to both of them, but I don't understand. George Burgess needed to start. Oh, but hang on, but 
Yeah, but George and, and Tom Burgess wasn't um, in the team. Oh, look, the, the, yeah, the bunnies were going to try and win a competition with suspect three quarter line and a forward rotation, which I just never felt as, as good as it was. I don't think it was ever their best group. I just don't understand why you just don't play Tom Burgess another big bopper off the bench. He's, you're playing 15 yeah, minutes, uh, playing 10 minutes. Anyway, they, I mean, they, they had big enough forwards who, who were capable of rolling forward. It was their halves that just didn't create enough. Yeah. And, and the whole team yeah. forgot how to play, and Inglis wasn't there. Um, the other thing I was going to say was, do, do, I don't know what the deal was with Maguire's mum. That's was, was that an all of a sudden thing? Or I, that, I don't, I don't know, mate. I think we have, to give, we have to give credit to him for fronting up and um, yeah. taking control. Because I, 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 I don't know, there's not many people that could have done it, I don't reckon. Well, would you, do you think that was a factor? I, I don't think we should really explore don't it mate, too much. Um, I just yeah, think you okay. just give him yeah, respect. You give him respect that he was able to turn up and, and try and stay yeah, with one on the job. And I don't think it affected him uh, in terms of how they played or anything like that. But personally, you just you send your prayers and, and love and support out to his family because that's just that's just incredibly tough. Look, yeah, Manly too good on the night. Momentum is there. They go through to the grand final, and we'll talk about the. Uh, so the final score was 30 points to 20 to Manly. We'll talk about the Newcastle versus Roosters game after the break. What is this? A centre for ants! Roosters fans now starting to celebrate. Going to their sixth grand final since the turn of the century. Since year 2000... The Roosters now appear in their sixth grand final. They've won 12 premierships. There's the chant for the Roosters. Can they get one more? Second try has been converted. 
Ladies and gentlemen, there is no more. Not for Newcastle. But these men from Bondi, from the junction and the beach, will come back and fight for the crowd for the Froben Summons Trophy next Sunday evening at headquarters at ANZ Stadium. Six thirty live. That's five thirty in Queensland as we go into daylight saving. They call it the big dance. Well, the rooster is going to dance with the eagle at Homebush or Sydney Olympic Park. I am reminded you've got your own postcode now. Brad Fittler on the ground at the moment. Yes, Brad. Yeah, got the captain empty minute tight. How important was it to finish strong? Yeah, very important. You know, they scored a couple of tries at the end there with BJ and uh, you know, our defence sort of let us down a bit there. We sort of, um, I don't know, the word is shut up shop, but we got a bit lazy there at defence. So uh, we had to defend our line at the end there. Uh, we sort of got back on track a little bit, but uh, we scored the try at the end to close the game out. And, uh, yeah, mate, so pretty excited for next week. Six grand finals. Yeah. You've been around a long time, man. I know, but I haven't got a good record of winning them, so <laughs> let's, uh, let's hope we put a good week in, in uh, training and uh, we'll see what we come up with. Do you think it'll be an advantage, the fact that you've had that period, that spell where you sort of stop playing a little bit, that'll help you, give Robbo a good opportunity to get up here a little bit? Yeah, yeah, I'm not probably be happy with that, so we'll go in and, and then look at some video and uh, really prepare for Manly. They, uh, they're a good team, so it's going to be a good match. Well, enjoy the week, mate. Thanks, Fred. Appreciate it, mate. Okay, buddy, the next game was the Roosters and the Newcastle Knights. A fantastic game of football, right up until Danny Baderas got hurt, I thought. Yeah, I agree. It was a bit of a turning point, wasn't it? The, the Roosters were starting to get on top, and I, could, I just felt that from the beginning. Um, but after that, it was a bit more prominent, and they just slowly, slowly pulled away. And, and it, 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 uh, After the Friday night's game, it was almost a bit of a disappointing game to watch, just because it was sort of... There was no excitement and, and oh. you sort of just saw Roosters running away with it. It might, it might have been felt on TV. I mean, I've got to give a massive rub. I was there at the game finally, um, covering mm-hmm. it for the NRL accounts. And look, the atmosphere was just awesome. 37,000 people at the SFS is as good as it gets, in my opinion, for rugby league anyway. Um, half the crowd was Newcastle fans and the Roosters fans, Roosters fans all turned up with about 10 minutes to go into the game, like to, before the game. And it was just a great feeling just to be there. Newcastle had to get a lead, I thought, and, and they got to two all after half an hour, and you thought, you know, they're a chance in this match. Baderis gets hurt, I think, just after he'd started to find some um, chinks in the armour of the Roosters, and I talked to a couple of the players, and you hear the interviews. Starting with Alex McKinnon, he talked to me after the game about the game plan that they tried to implement against the Roosters. Yeah, so it was a pretty big... Um, Thanks, guys. See you, See you Thanks, mate. Uh, it was a pretty pretty big, um, obviously, start to the game, their, their physical pack. Uh, I thought we handled them pretty well. Mm. Um, I don't think we really got on top of them uh, around the 30-minute mark. It was a bit, a bit tough. Um, but like I said, they're a great side. I hope they're going to win the comp. Yeah, and, and the great thing, I think, here talking about that, was you were going to try and hit them on the edges a little bit. Not getting... I guess losing Danny probably holds your chance to be able to move the ball quickly from dummy half. Yeah, that's it. Um, 
I think you've really got the chance to do that. Um, you, you play a lot of field position. You need to play field position against a big team like that. Their back five was unreal. Um, ours has been unreal all year. So um, credit to them. Um, when you talk about a game plan, uh, we just need to stay in the armrest. Um, we're in that. And they just played uh, some very good football. Oh, to get it was over. pretty phenomenal watching them that second half. Yeah, that's just it. from the box, mate. And no, they've got a great side. Um, it's credit to them and um, hope they go the way. The plan from Newcastle was basically to go on the edges of, of the Roosters, play it tough in the middle, hopefully be within the game, and then when they get a chance, unleash Lalua, uh, unleash Gay Guy, Uate, and those guys, and, and try and really hit the edges of the Roosters, so the Jennings and the Kenny Dows and whatever. And they just didn't get a chance because you blinked, and it went from two all to 12 yeah. points to two through that questionable pass uh, to Michael Jennings. Uh, yeah. for, the, for the Michael Jennings try and then Tupu obviously scored from the cross kick but I was talking about Hiddle after the match and he just went With the Roosters I mean you would have had a game plan going in um, how did you think you were going to be going in was there, was there a real plan to go after any particular part of the game? Um, what do you think? <laughs> um, yeah we, had, we did have, we had a you know, plan but um, we, didn't, we didn't get much opportunity to do it to really you know, have a crack at it because you know, we didn't get too many going insets on them and um, I thought we, when, we, when we hit our plan was sort of to play their edges a bit and make some yards and we did that a few times which yeah. was good but we didn't, get, we didn't get too many opportunities to have a go until sort of late in the second half when we had a heavy possession you know mate the big, the big call everyone's going about is the forward pass did you guys talk about that at all? Sunny Bills one. The Sunny Bills one. Did you talk about it at all in the, the sticks afterwards, or did you not notice it? Oh, it's forward. Like, what can you do? Yeah, it's done. You can't do anything exactly. about it. Um, yeah. We probably we should defend it anyway, you know. Like, so I think about three, they still had about two or three passes after that, didn't they? Where you yeah. guys had plays even, on the ball. Even, even the forward pass, you know, we should, we should have shut that down when he passed it. And so that's the way it goes. It's one of those things where you go... Look, it sucks that the pass was forward and it wasn't called, but we still had a chance to wrap the ball up on Sunday Ball the first time before he got it away. We still had a chance to tackle Mitchell Pearce when he got through the line. We still had a chance to tackle Michael Jennings before he scored. So he's, he, he said, you can't just say, it's a forward pass, it's the reason our season's over. We had chances to shut it down. And, and it's, a really, yeah, it's, it's, it's a great observation from a guy who's sitting there after the game and pretty devastated. Look, Roosters, they just hit the switch in the second half. They scored in the 48th, 52nd, 57th and 61st minute and they were just fantastic. I mean, the strangest thing about this match, I thought, was as good as the Roosters were, when the Knights scored through, to, through two tries to Lalua in the 66th and 68th, all of a sudden it was 34-14 and there was still 12 minutes to go. Now, yeah, there was a little bit of excitement there, wasn't there? You didn't think the Knights were going to win, but you thought, you know, if they score a try with 10 to go and they get it to 34-20... to 20, you know, maybe, maybe, maybe something happens and the Roosters turn back to the problem was, I mean, the Roosters have been fantastic all season. Well, not all season, let's call it three quarters of the season. Well, most of the year they've um, been fantastic, yeah. And it was just, I don't know, I, I just, I never had the feeling, like never during that game did I have the feeling that Newcastle were going to win it. Like just because Roosters were really quite, I don't know, what do you call it, flawless almost across the park. Uh, it, it's going to be a great game. Come Sunday. Yeah, we'll finish this match off. Basically, uh, the final score is 40 points to 14. 37,000 people. Uh, the Roosters march into the grand final. They've now beaten Manly and the Newcastle Knights in their semi-finals. The Manly Seagulls lost to the Roosters. Then they beat the Sharks. Uh, then they beat the um, Bunnies to get in. 
And here's where we rock out just with his final thoughts on how close the Knights came in 2013. Yeah, it's, it's great to see the amount of support that's grown for us in the last few weeks, knowing that we can win, start to win games against top four sides. And I mean, we know we can match teams like the Roosters, but we just you know, tonight they definitely played really well, and you know, we just we just let the game sort of slide past. Look, I got a lot of content from Matt Hilda, Alex McKinnon, and you just heard Robbie Rockow, but I just didn't want to go and give you all of it. Um, there's still bits and pieces that I'd like to actually put in articles. I'll put them on the website, and I'll probably release these later on in the off-season. Thanks very much for their time and to the Newcastle Knights media staff for helping us out, uh, Tara and Jess and the like. Uh, thank you very much. And again, Wayne Bennett, he allows this kind of stuff. Uh, you might not hear about it, but he does. It's all up to his decision about how he deals with the media as a club. You must unlearn what you have learned. And we've got two teams that I, I watched two of these games, these two sides at the ground, the other two on TV. I love this matchup. And we'll talk about it as the week goes on. But th- these two teams will play rugby league. It won't just be relying on, on one certain style of play to, to win this match. Yeah. And that's, yep. a, that's, that's a really encouraging thing. And we should, get, we should get a really good grand final. And, and I thought last year, my feeling about the Knights and uh, the, the Bulldogs and the Storm was the Storm just had more, more punch in them. They had, they had the big playability when they needed it. And the year before, it was Manly versus the Warriors. And you thought... The Warriors, they'd run a bit of a um, you know, yeah. a lucky sort of tightrope. They'd got in. If you remember, they got smashed in the first week by the Broncos and they got past the Tigers and then they beat oh, the Storm. Right. And they only played really one really good semi-final in that, in that stretch and they got to the grand final and got pretty comprehensively beaten by Manly. Yeah. So we're, we're looking yeah. at, and even the year before that, Dragons and, and Roosters. You thought Roosters, maybe, they might be a chance, but you still thought Manly would win. The year before that, it was Melbourne, ver- Melbourne versus Parramatta. Melbourne were going to win. The year before yeah, that right. was the forty to nil drubbing Manly over Melbourne when Melbourne didn't have their best players. And then you yeah, really gotta... but I, I thought that was going to be a good game though. Yeah, and then you go back to the year before that, and it was Melbourne versus Manly, two fairly evenly matched sides, but Melbourne just asserted their dominance yep. and ran away with the game. And then you've really got to go back to two thousand six with yep. Melbourne versus Brisbane for the last real cracking grand final. So we've yeah, actually true. got. A pretty awesome matchup, I think, for this grand final. And that's the most exciting thing. As much as everyone's yeah. going to go against Manly, because you can't pick Manly, we've got a really good grand final on offer, and that's just exciting. It, yeah, it's due, isn't it? It's time. We need to have another really good, hard-fought, exciting, down-to-the-last-few-minutes kind of thing grand final. Yeah, it's, it's the hope, and, and hopefully, everybody, we end up with the full crowd. Uh, that's the... You know, there was obviously a lot of South fans that would have... Um, shall we say, bought tickets and not ended up with them. Look, everybody, we will uh, quickly just touch on uh, the voting from the Mineral Tweet Player of the Year award. His, his phone's about to die. Uh, on <laughs> Saturday night, uh, Adrian McMurray gave four votes to Aidan Guerra, two to Michael Jennings and one to Jake Friend in the Roosters win over Newcastle. He said power, speed, skill and defence got them home. Greg Delaney had four votes to Guerra, two to Jake Friend, one to Jared Warrior Hargraves. And he said Roosters win, build on defence. Sun Goose... I think that's me. He's just going to try and find his uh, <laughs> his tweet. Uh, there he is. Um, yeah, myself, uh, I had four to James Maloney. He, he makes things happen for the Roosters. He is their best player. I, I love Sonny Bill. Oh, yeah. But in terms of the, the straw that stirs the drink, I think he is it, James Maloney. Two to Michael Jennings. Yeah. That, that, that guy just makes things... He just makes half chances in the tries. And you've got to give yeah. Guerra one vote. I thought East the Machine rolled after Baderas was out of action. The game on, on uh, Friday night, let me just get to the votes here. Matt Spillane, 
in the Manly win over South, had four to Kieran Four and two to Jamie Lyon, one vote to Ben Teo. He said, resilient Manly, fly home. Uh, ben House had four to DCE, two to Kieran Four and one to Glenn Stewart. And he asked the question, where did the bunnies go? And Maddie Duncan, our favourite uh, man up there in Queensland, had four to DCE, two to Brenton Lawrence, one to Jamie Lyon. And he just said, quite simply, experience wins big games. So we go to the grand final where the voting system goes to five voters, still four two ones, And I think, technically, anybody, if a person who wins the Clive Churchill or gets five sets of four votes from all the voters this weekend, they could still actually yep. win the player of the finals, which is the way it should be. Okay. Are we going to talk more about that later on? Maybe. We're going to get, going to get you off the phone so you, you can survive. I, I mean later on this week. Oh, later on this week, mate. Absolutely. We'll be talking, uh, hopefully, a bunch of times when you make yourself available. Quick one <laughs> as I go out. I asked a few of the Knights players, and this will be the last thing that we go out here on Not The Footy Show, episode 142, uh, is that they asked about the open training sessions that they had. Uh, they had two this week before the preliminary final. I think they had a few more during the September. Nothing but praise for how good it is to train in front of your own fans. Uh, Matt Hilder in particular, and you hear him in a sec, he just he gushes about the fact that you know this is why you play football is for these types of um, of runs in September, and, and why why we can't share it with our fans is beyond him. And he asked, he gave all the credit to Wayne Bennett for making the decisions. Uh, he said it was his decision to open the training sessions up. And I spoke to a, a, some people at Manly today, and they're not having an open training session to the fans. And I believe neither are. Uh, the Roosters, and I think that's uh-huh. I think that's a, a real shame. They'll probably have signing sessions and all those kind of things because the grand final week is pretty full. Uh, don't get me yeah, wrong, but, but oh, it's such a good thing for the fans. It oh, is. That's very disappointing, isn't it? Because so, yeah. you, you see it elsewhere and it works so well. Why and you'll hear the quote. You'll hear the quote from Matt Hilder after he, after on the Footy Show about why he sort of laughed at the reason, probably why coaches don't want to do it. And you'll hear that in a sec. The community coming to back in this year. I mean, I went to the um, open session here in Sydney. It, was, it wasn't heaps of fans there, but there were some, some diehard Knights fans there. There was, what, 3,000 or something at the open session on Tuesday? Mm, yeah. How, how good's that? Yeah, it's been really good, mate. They, um, that's the best thing about it, you know, giving, giving the, the, the town something to support, you know, because they, you know, some people, are, you know, it's, it's their old, you know, just footy, they love it. So it's, it's good to be able to give them a side to break for this time of year. And, and I think the great thing, that just as a, a put the footy fan hat on, those open training sessions as a player, knowing that you're going to go out and, and do your little sessions and stuff in front of your fans, is that actually more of a bonus than just doing a closed session sometimes? Yeah, it's gold. God, you know, credit to Wayne for doing that. You know, a lot of coaches you know, might be afraid of you know, spies from the other team, whatever, but there's so much video these days, you know, they're not going to pick up anything that they don't know. I'm sure the fans love it. We love having them there too. You know, it brings a bit of atmosphere to the, to the session. And... I've got to ask, you run out there and you basically see half the stadium in your mm. colours. Yeah, no, it's great, mate. The amount of support we've got is unbelievable and you, know, you can't thank the fans enough for that. And the fans, mate, I was at the open session. They had a massive one in Newcastle on the Tuesday, I think it was. How does that make you feel? Just as a, I guess as a person, as much as a footy player, just seeing all these fans out there, just to watch you guys run around. Yeah, that's it, mate. Um, I'm very proud to say I play for the Knights. Um, we've got a great supporter group. We've had that last year too. Uh, obviously, we didn't make that last year and we still had 20, 20-odd thousand average. Um, we're very lucky to have that. Um, we can come from a great town and obviously the support tonight. They had 50 buses come down. Um, Running out into basically a blue and no, you, you could red stadium. Buddy, as we head off here on Not The Footy Show episode 142, Danny Baderis, uh, his last play in the game, unfortunately, is um, he did tackle Jared Rear Hargraves. Hargraves did stop, so he gets the tackle. 
Um, he did get knocked out. He's, he's okay, he says. He's, he's been released from hospital. We're going to just going to play something that was on Channel 9 on Saturday night, interview with uh, Andrew Johns as we head out on Not The Footy Show. But, mate, just your feelings about Danny Baderas as a player? Oh, yeah, he's one of the best. Definitely one of the best. He's one of these guys as well that you don't realise just how much work he's doing for the team um, until until you get someone like Gus Gould or Andrew Johns analyse his play. And then, and then you really do notice, geez, he's, he's yeah... He's worth having on your side. Yeah, he's a great, great footballer. And I've I got to say, the more that you see of him in the media, and um, I never got the chance to actually interview him, which is a shame, but the bloke just seems like a top fella. And, and that's one of those yeah. reasons why I think everybody is as disappointed that his last play in rugby league was that um, tackle. Uh, it wasn't that he got to walk around the, and thank the fans. And that was a disappointing part because he was such a great fella. Everybody, that's been episode 142 of Not The Footy Show. We will have hopefully a few more as the, the, the week goes on. Dave will join me at some stage, I'm sure. Uh, I've extended the invitation to come over to my place on grand final day. Apparently, he's not going to come. I'm just devastated. Uh, and <laughs> backstory. <laughs> very upset. Uh, very and he might not be too upset. I'll see how I go, mate. You'll see how he goes. He's going to he's going to work the trenches. Anyway, uh, everybody, uh, quickly. New NYC Penrith beat Canberra, and the Warriors beat the Bulldogs after conceding 36 points in a row. Yes, that's true. The Warriors won their semi final after conceding 36 points in a row. They'll play in the um, uh, NYC Grand Final. I think it's Windsor versus Cronulla in the New South Wales Cup. Everybody, I've been Warwick Nicholson. I've been DC Chapman. And we'll speak to you next time on Not The Footy Show. Plenty of podcasts coming. All those uh, word association interviews with the Manly players. Looking forward to that, Dave? Yes, I am, mate. Very much so. And when, when do I do my sign-off? Now. Enjoy your week, brothers. No, that wasn't funny at all. Not The Footy Show. What about wine call? Were you nervous? Did you think that, hang on, am I coming back at the right time? I'm, my legacy at the Knights is huge. You know, yeah. I'm, I'm past 30, I've had a lot of injuries. Were you worried about coming back and whether you could still cut it? Definitely. Yeah, absolutely. I was, it was all on the line, really. And I knew that uh, only as good as your last game. And, uh, you know, to, to come back here, I wouldn't have a big preseason to prove to myself. You think maybe I'm not up to it. And at the time, you know, there's, there's so many good players running around. and. You know, you start to have a bit of self-doubt. So I wanted to train everything as hard as I could in that pre-season and, and train as hard as I could. And, you know, it started the year pretty well. And I got a bit of confidence out of that. And we went through, we didn't have the best year last year, but I got a bit of confidence out of it. And obviously, gone into the back end of this year, it's, you know, 18 months that Wayne's been here and we're starting to um, get the rewards a little bit. Well, the way you trained and the way you played over the years, your body was bound to break down this year. You've had two backup operations. Was there ever a time when you thought, I'm going to quit? Yeah. Yeah, plenty of times. But I had Wayne ring me up uh, probably two weeks after my op and said, you're going to make this hard for me. Do you want to play or not? And I just, well, of course I want to play, but whether or not I can play is another thing. So, so do you think Wayne was asking you to retire? Well, I hung up and I thought maybe he was. but And then looking back on it, he just wanted to say, listen, don't make it hard on yourself. You know, if you want to pull the pin for it. When did you start believing that you could win the comp? Because there was times this year when the Knights were paddling. Yeah, oh yeah, we, we had a chat uh, before the Melbourne game, that would have been probably about eight weeks ago, maybe ten weeks ago, and um, it just, I don't think many of the players in the, in the room at that time believed that we could go on and, and do something in the competition, and you know, we, we actually got um, paper and, and we marked who we wanted to play with, and it was, it was pretty brutal that players probably did get the tick sometimes, but saying that that's, they did want to play with them, so I think that all started to work out for the boys, and they started to realise that, you know, um, 
you have to be the player that everyone wants to play with at the club, otherwise you're not going to get a start in the team. And that was Wayne's motto. So everyone ripped in and you know started to believe and a bit of confidence and we're uh, at the pointy end of the season now. When you look around, who's one player you look at and you're glad he's on your team? Jeremy Smith. Jeremy Smith, he, he, I just every time I say it, I said, let's go Warrior. That's what I say to him all the time. Because he, in my eyes, he's a warrior. He just gives you everything he's got um, inside and out. He doesn't talk much, and that's the thing for us at the moment. We don't have to have these inspirational speeches, and at the moment you just know once you get on the field that it's going to be a, a good good night. Well, after that Melbourne game, you spoke about eight weeks ago, I stayed up, and the Melbourne Storm Black stayed up, and uh, we had a beer. And yourself and Cameron Smith had a beer. Now, he's always had that rivalry between you, but something that night sort of cooled. You had a really good chat. Yeah, I've, you know, I left um, probably... I think we were just competitive guys, uh, you know, going back to origin and, and going, um, you know, whenever I played Cameron, it was always a, a good test, you know, he's obviously taken the, the hooking level to the next, next stage and I've said that many times and uh, our natures are to, to be the best that you can be and, um, and be the best for your team and, you know, that night was great because I've never socially sat down with Cam and, and, and had a beer and everyone, I've got a lot of mutual friends that said, mate, you really like him and I, I did, you know, I, I wish I had a bit more time. but. Was um, over a couple of drinks. I'm, I'm sure we'll share a few more uh, years to come. Yeah, it's a Willie, isn't it? Big Willie. Well, your middle boy Lockie's footy mad, and he comes to training with you all the time. How special is it to take your little boy to footy training and, and to see him get a kick out of it? He loves it. He's um, not even three, and I don't know who's going to take him next year. I'll have to get one of the boys to take him because he, he's just he's mad for it and. He calls his footies uh, Mullow Ball, a big Jared Mullen fan. You know, he's, I wish he was probably a year or two older just to appreciate, you know, uh, all these sort of things that are happening now. But um, I'm sure we're just doing this, this sort of video and, and pictures of things you'll remember pretty good. Newcastle have won the second semi-final. You could be 80 minutes away from the end. That's yeah. you? No, not really. It's In a way, I'm, I'm happy to, to move on. I'm at a time now where I've given everything I can to the game. Um, I've enjoyed every minute of it, and you now I'm ready to move on to that next part of life in that, in that, in that chapter. So, uh, rugby league's given me everything, really, a lot of memories, uh, so much to, to give back, and, and my time's come. We'll miss you, Danny Baderis. Salute from Not the Footy Show. Incredible Cinderella story. This unknown comes out of nowhere to lead the pack. Bad Augusta, he's on his final hold. He's about 455 yards away. He's going to hit about a two iron, I think. Well, he got all of that. The crowd is standing on his feet here at Augusta. The normally reserved Augusta crowd. Going wild. For this young Cinderella, who's come out of nowhere, he's got about 350 yards left. He's going to hit about a five iron, I expect, don't you think? He's got a beautiful backswing. Dad! Oh, he got all of that one. He's got to be pleased with that. The crowd is just on its feet here. He's a Cinderella boy. Uh, tears in his eyes, I guess, as he, as he lines up this last shot. He's got about 195 yards left, and he's got a... Looks like he's got about an eight. This crowd has gone deadly silent. Cinderella story, out of nowhere. A former greenskeeper now about to become the Masters champion. It looks like I'm a wreck. It's in the hole! And now for a little bit more 12th man magic. He retweeted our tweet about this, what we're playing. So we figure that gives us opportunity to play another bit. 
of that amazing Wide World of Sports 2 clip. Footy fever. Brisbane on the attack now. Out it comes from Langer to Walters. Oh! Crunching tackle by Roberts. Drives Walters back about two metres. Walters gingerly to his feet now. Plays it back to Langer. Langer goes the blind side to O'Neill. On it goes to Renoff. Breaks a tackle, Renoff. Now he's flying only the fullback to beat Renoff. Renoff, great run, Renoff. Finds O'Neill running off him on the inside. And that's a magnificent try to the Brisbane Broncos. Oh, Steve Renoff, how good is he? See it again. Out it comes to Renoff coming through to a million miles an hour. The defence all bunched up. You can throw a tissue over the Mealy back line. And Renoff, quick thinking here. He decides to go back on the inside. And that man there, Julian O'Neill, running off Renoff on his left. He had just enough to get over the line. That's a great try to the Broncos, Sterlo. Well, Paul, I've said it before. If you run off Renoff often enough, you'll score tries. Gee, wish I'd said that, Pete. Turn it up. Turn it up. Turn it up. Come on, you two. Well, I think the referee could have got Lamb for a shepherd there. Oh, gee, nice one, Ray. Turn it up, Rebs. You're not going to race Liam, are you? Oh, turn it up. We'll have to give him the chop. Turn it up. Come on, you two. We'll try and reintroduce a bit of sanity into proceedings. Take a sideline comment from Blocker. Yeah, Ray, I'd just like to say that if it wasn't for the two sets of front row forwards out there today, this game would be a load of shit. They're the ones who oh, hold the phone, Blocker. The Bulldogs on the attack now just on the Brisbane side of halfway. Out it comes through Dean Pay. On to Bella, the former male model. Turns it back inside to Paula Mounta. On to Lamb. Lamb a long cutout pass to McCracken flying through out wide. Gets outside Renoff. Hancock comes to him now. McCracken manages to get a hand round Cock and he's in to score. Oh, champagne rugby league. Doggy style there. Turn it up. Oh, that's a lot of potatoes. Pepsi.